Chapter 5 of Life of Luther This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Life of Luther by Gustav A. Just Chapter 5 Forerunners of the Reformation 1. Peter Walden Peter Walden, who was a rich and pious merchant of the 12th century, lived in Lyons, an important city in southern France. One day he was sitting at meal with his friends and conversing on the evils of the time and the corruption of the church. Suddenly one of his companions fell dead before their eyes. This occurrence made a deep impression on Walden, and he sought now, more than ever before, the one thing that is needful. Through diligent reading and study of holy scriptures, he came to a knowledge of the truth, and his heart was filled with heavenly comfort and joy. The deeper he entered into the true meaning of the holy scriptures, the more he recognized the errors and the decay of the Roman Catholic Church. He saw that Christendom had departed from the true way of salvation. He therefore felt constrained to bring the sweet gospel of Christ to lost souls. In 1170 he sold all his possessions and travelled through the country, teaching and preaching. He had the four gospels translated into French and spread them among the people. The scattered seeds sprung up and bore rich fruit. Very soon thousands wanted to hear of no other doctrine than the pure doctrine of God's word. Walden and his adherents, called Waldensians, taught, In all questions pertaining to our salvation, we dare trust no man or book, but must believe the Holy Scriptures only. There is but one mediator. The saints must not be worshipped. Purgatory is a fable invented by men. There are but two sacraments, baptism and the Lord's Supper. Their life conformed so well to their doctrine. The King Louis of France exclaimed, Truly these heretics are better than I and all my people. The following is another beautiful testimony for the Waldensians. They lead a purer life than other Christians. They do not swear except necessity demands it, and beware of taking God's name in vain. They keep their promises faithfully. They are truthful in their words and live peaceably together in brotherly love. But the more their doctrine and life testified of their faith, the more the hatred against them increased. Peter Walden was forbidden to preach or explain the scriptures, and when, in spite of this, he continued to sow the seed of the word of God, he was excommunicated by the Pope. He fled from one place to another, and everywhere proclaimed the gospel with signal blessing. His followers were most cruelly persecuted by the Roman Church, which used every means to destroy them. About a million of them were slain in continuous wars of persecution. Seven thousand were slaughtered in a church at one time. A judge in Spain had ten thousand of them burned alive and imprisoned ninety-seven thousand who perished enduring the most frightful tortures. But in spite of fire and sword, they could not be extirpated and exist unto this day. 
removed from the markets of the world and distant from the great highways, the descendants of the Waldensians live in the unapproachable mountain glens of Savoy and Piedmont. 2. John Wycliffe John Wycliffe was doctor and professor of theology at the University of Oxford. He directed his attacks chiefly against monkery and unsparingly denounced the idling, the begging and the perversion of religion by the monks. They therefore entered complaint against him with the archbishop and Wycliffe was deposed from his chair at the university. From now on he testified even more decidedly against the errors and abuses of popery. He maintained, the Roman church is not superior to the other churches. Peter had no preeminence over the other apostles, and the Pope, as far as his power to forgive sins is concerned, is but the equal of every other pastor. He spoke very emphatically against indulgence, against the adoration of relics, and reproved the popular errors by which the poor souls were deceived. Wycliffe was now denounced as a heretic at the court of the Pope, but his eloquent and masterful defence at the trial procured his release. He translated the Bible into English and taught pious men to preach the gospel to the people. He died in 1384 at Lutterworth, where he had been pastor. His numerous writings were spread by his followers throughout all Europe, and especially Bohemia, where they bore rich fruit. But the hatred against Wycliffe did not cease of his death. In compliance with an order of the Council of Constance, where his doctrines were condemned, his bones were exhumed, burned, and the ashes thrown into the river. 3. John Huss Huss was born in 1369 at Husens in Bohemia. Through reading the Holy Scriptures and the writings of Wycliffe, he came to a knowledge of the truth and boldly lifted his voice against the errors and abuses prevalent in the Church. He preached against indulgences, purgatory and the ungodly life of the priests. Thereby he became an object of hatred to the Pope. He was soon excommunicated by the Pope when he continued to preach in Prague where he was pastor and was supported by that city it was also placed under the ban. The churches were closed, the bells were silent, the dead were denied Christian burial, baptisms and marriages could only be performed in the graveyards. Huss was cited to appear at the council to be held at Constance. Although Emperor Sigismund promised him safe conduct. Nevertheless, Huss undertook the journey to Constance, foreboding no good. And indeed, in spite of the safe conduct, he was taken and thrown into a foul prison immediately upon his arrival. When Sigismund expressed his disapproval, the monks told him that faith need not be kept with a heretic. Huss defended himself before the council with great steadfastness, and as he would not recant, he was condemned to die at the stake. He was deposed from the priesthood and made an object of ridicule and scorn. On his head was placed a paper cap painted with numerous devils who were tormenting a poor sinner. He was led out to execution, and on the way frequently called upon the Saviour for mercy. 
he was then chained to an upright pole, and hay and straw, saturated with pitch, were piled about him. Once more he was tempted to recant and thirst to save his life, but Huss remained faithful. Now the flames surrounded him, the smoke curled above him. Christ, thou Lamb of God, have mercy upon me. The faithful witness sang twice with a loud and clear voice. But when he began the third verse, he was overcome by smoke and flames and gave up the ghost. It is reported that while at the stake he prophesied, Today you are roasting a goose, but after a hundred years a swan will come, which you will not roast. 4. Jerome Savonarola In Italy a man arose who was to startle the proud Pope and his priests out of their security. This was Jerome Savonarola. The misery and the corruption in the church had driven him into the cloister. Through the word of God he learned the truth, and then publicly denounced the depravity of his time. He was an eloquent and passionate preacher. He cried out, Before long the sword of the Lord will come over Italy and over all the earth, and then the church will be renewed. The Pope of that time lived in the grossest vices. Rome was the hotbed of all sins and crimes. Savonarola complained. The poison is heaped up at Rome to such an extent that it infects France and Germany and all the world. Things have come to such a pass that we must warn everyone against Rome. Rome has perverted the whole of scriptures. By the Pope he was anathemized, and by the temporal court condemned to die at the stake. With two of his companions he was to be hanged on the gallows, and then their corpses were to be burned. Savonarola entertained the sure hope that judgment would come upon Rome, and that the Lord would renew the corrupt church. He said, Rome will not be able to quench this fire, and if it is quenched, God will light another. A, it is kindled already in many places, but they do not know it. Before long, the desolation and idolatry of the Roman Pope will be reproved, and a teacher will be born whom no one can resist. On Ascension Day, May 23, 1498, with cheerful resignation, he met death at the hand of the hangman. End of chapter 5